Blog Talk Radio. Cheese on the podcast. Outsiders Boxing Podcast, January 21st, 2018. Feeling on the bad side. Caught a little sickness the last two days ago. A little bit of a cold, so if I don't sound as normally as I used to, just know what it is. Thing sucks about getting sick. Can't really do nothing about it, and I feel infected, and I should probably walk around with a mask on like the Japanese do. That's to be courtesy to others. Um, you never want that person who wants to tell you a secret. And you got stink breath or somebody that is sick coughing near your bubble. I don't like to be that person. But I tell you what, as I am right now, feeling probably like every rapper in 2018 whose first name starts off with Lil. Lil Vert, Lil Pump. I can go on. There's so many of those guys. But the one common denominator that we all have together right now and where you can put my name correlated with them is your boys sitting sideways, leaning a little bit. But I feel that I'm making progress and getting better. If I had to put a percentage on it, eh, you know, if it was time to fight, I'd be good to go. Speaking of fights, my man D. Willow Wilson here with me. We had a great show on Wednesday. Anybody who checks out both shows that we put out, that's right, both shows. We put out content every week, twice a week. Wednesday, 7 Pacific, and Sunday, around noon. Today, we wanted to get it in a little earlier because, you know, the whole uh, playoff thing coming up, football's coming to an end, and we got to appreciate the last two games of the year before we get into the second half of the NBA season, and then baseball. <laughs> Baseball's cool, but, you know, I'm much more of the October baseball fan than anything. Every year I say I'm going to watch more baseball, but never do. We'll see. But anyways, we got some boxing to talk. Young Errol Spence was in, well, I wouldn't say a bully beatdown fight, but I covered up with my man D. Willard. But first I want to see how he's doing, you know, uh, make sure – this car's not 
surrounded by snow if he's got to go somewhere. I know it's been really cold out there in Houston, Texas, and I was freezing myself yesterday. I think we had 35 degrees, and I am too tropical for that shit. But nonetheless, take it to my man D. Willow Wilson, and let's see how he's doing on this early morning. D. Willow Wilson, it almost reminds us of the old days podcasting at this time of the day. Well, for me anyways. How you doing, my man? Oh, man. Feeling good, R.C. Nice 70 degrees out here in Houston, Texas. We're back in our shorts and tank tops. Feeling good and looking good. It's 12 noon. It's not early. Um, Prime time for me. Um, Like I said, feeling good and looking good. Um, It was a great weekend of boxing. We got to see some young brothers out there look good and make waves in the boxing community. RC, he started to show off, um, you know, very lackluster. You're very sick, we could tell. Your energy is low. So I'm here. I'm here to boost the show back up to its proper level of energy that we need every Sunday morning when it comes to the Outsiders Boxing Podcast. I know you're sick, RC. You're talking about wearing masks and covering your face. And maybe that's what uh, your boy Easter Jr. should have did after that robbery win. Need to cover his fucking face. Robbery. Because he shamed the game. But we'll get into all this and all of that. Great boxing talk. We've got some boxing news. You know, we're going to bring the boxing world what we always do, and that's 100% realness every Sunday morning. So let's get to it, R.C. Let's make this happen, brother. Oh, yeah, we're going to get to that robbery, I think you called earlier. I don't know about any robberies last night, but we'll start off at the top. Truth, Earl Spence, a guy who I thought would have a technical knockout in the 10th round, did it two rounds quicker. Peterson showed me nothing in there yesterday other than the fact that he wasn't afraid to get in the ring with Spence. Now, we had questions about Spence's defensive um, uh, mishaps that he's shown, especially against Kel Brook. He was getting counterpunched and wasn't looking the most sharpest. Looks like he cleaned it up a little bit. He was still there to get hit, and he took some shots, but obviously Peterson's power did not have him worried about anything. So he wasn't too worried about it. He was smiling through the phone booth, almost insisting Peterson to continue on if you want to. Spence looked good yesterday. He looked very powerful. You know, Lamont Peterson walked in that ring, a black man, and he left the ring, a Chinaman. My man's eyes. Oh, man. You couldn't even see his eyes if he smiled yesterday. Peterson... Nonetheless, I I give him credit because there's a lot of guys that don't want to fight Earl Spence. It's evident. Um, But you get these these fighters such as, you know, Chris Algeries and Lamont Peterson who are actually willing to get in there and think they could take this kid in the deep water. I think that's the game plan everybody has when you go against a young guy like Spence. But 
when the young hog keeps coming forward and dropping some bombs on you. I mean, those body shots that he was sticking to Peterson yesterday sounded like a goddamn shotgun going off in the building. And we've seen Lamont Peterson in preparation for these body shots. But as in anything, Willow, you played football as much as myself. The scout team never performs like the team you're going to play. And that came into play yesterday for Mr. Peterson. Um, the round he quit, or the round after he quit, before that, he was telling his corner man, no, I got something in me. Don't stop the fight. You know, I got, I got something left in me. I was like, much respect. This guy's tough as hell. Because obviously he wasn't winning the fight, and Earl Spence was ragdolling him, almost uh, bullying him at a certain time. After that, the round which he quit, he says, well, it's up to you. You want to make the call? You know what time it is. You can't go from, I got something in me. And he showed a little something that round. He was trying to hit Spence. He was swinging for the fences at a certain time. But Earl Spence, man, that's a dangerous kid. Uh, I really, really like Earl Spence. But at the same time, being a fan of him, I'm not going to, pull any cards for opposition or in favoritism because of Spence. And I think that he needs to be held more accountable for his progression in being the next star in boxing. I was ready to rip him if need be, if I seen some of the stuff that I've seen against Kell Brook, Mr. Chocolate Brownie. But it's hard to say because there is no comparison with Lamont Peterson and Kell Brook. Kell Brook is by far a better fighter than Lamont Peterson. And he looked it against Spence. But if that was the case of him uh, growing from his greenness that he supposedly has, um, you've seen it yesterday in the difference from a level of competition. But I was very impressed with Earl Spence yesterday. Will I can knock him for a little bit um, as far as taking shots, but I think he, was, he wasn't Triple G where he was fighting these bums like Willie Monroe, and allowing him say, come on, you can go ahead and hit me once. You, you, you don't have any power. So he had allowed a guy to hit him in the face one time. Now, we say that, and there's certain times that has happened, not all the time. So all the Triple G fans that say, he lets people hit him, shut the fuck up. He ain't let nobody hit him. But he did let Willie Monroe, who has seven knockouts, hit him in the face. Now, Earl Spence did not have that same type, but he was not afraid of the punching power from Mr. Peterson. So I can see why Earl Spence would allow himself to take one, to give one, because he was giving back a lot more than he was taking. Uh, I walked away from this fight impressed with Earl Spence, Willa. Um, what did you think about the fight, my man? Oh, man. I came in thinking that Peterson was going to do a little more. And that was me underestimating this young man's power and this young man's growth. Um, Earl Spence uh, fought Lamont Peterson yesterday for the uh, with his IBF welterweight championship on the line, first title defense, and he he defended that title brilliantly. Um, he beat down, looks like maybe a larger. Lamont Peterson, not a stronger Lamont Peterson, but a game Lamont Peterson. Uh, Lamont tried to do a little boxing, but he just he just couldn't do it. 
He couldn't do it at all. Then the body shots started coming. Boom. Boom. One after one. Boom. Then to the face. Boom. Then there was a point, first heard him where you could see that it was almost over. You know, you know the first two rounds, mm-hmm. uh, Peterson looked game. He was he was um, stalking him, sort of. You know, he was stepping forward. He was coming forward. He was coming to fight. He wasn't throwing that many shots, but he was throwing shots. And some of them were landed, and he had a little mm-hmm. confidence. Then he covered up and got hit with the right hook, I mean, with the left hook on top of the dome. Oh, at that point, it was over for him. He tried again, he tried again and again, and I think it was the left hook to the top of the dome that put him down the second time. Yeah. Um, you said that, you know, he was game, and and there was something that was missed by a lot of people. You know, we're trying to give Peterson that he didn't quit, that he – he um his corner or his father, I figure took a uh, looked at him and drew that uh and came to the conclusion that the fight was over. But I'm a hundred percent sure that I heard um Lamar Peterson say, I'm done. I don't have anything. But quickly after that he said, Don't ask me though. It's up to you. Something of that nature. He got it taken out of him. This young man, Earl Spence, is dropping bombs, calculated bombs. He's not out there rushing. And, you know, maybe he took it maybe he took it easy on a dear friend, you know, because he could have maybe got him out of there a little earlier. I came into yeah. this fight saying if he destroys this guy, he's a top five pound-for-pound fighter. He, he reaches that list in my book. He, we already know he is, but I think this will give him sort of the, the, the credentials and the proof that he is, and that's exactly what he did. He beat the hell out of Lamar Peterson. Uh, Matisse didn't beat the hell out of him. Matisse hit him in the head a few times and dropped him, but he actually beat the hell out of him. You know, your boy, uh, Gifts Garcia, had a hard time against that old man. When I say old man, I'm talking about a guy that's two years younger than me, and that makes me feel old as shit. But we're talking about an old man in the boxing game at the welterweight division. Danny Garcia had a rough time. Luis Matisse made quick work of him, but they were just bombs that he was dropping. Earl Spence just beat the hell out of this guy, made him quit, made him give up, made him make his dad his father likes him to look, act like he's looking him in the eye for a long time with the theatrics to make it seem to try to, to try to save this guy to try to save this guy's uh, legacy as as a, a guy who would never quit. We heard it from him. I heard it. He said he was done. Those words. I'm done. I ain't got it. But he quickly looked at the camera, sort of saw it was there, said, "Oh." But don't ask me, you know. And I'm sure that if the guy would have told him to go on out there, Peterson would have fought. But Peterson knew it was over. Um, Spence knew it was over. And his trainer knew it was over. And that was an excellent win by the young man from Dallas, Texas. And with this combination from New York of Fit, Jamal, and Jamel, 
sectors might be shining in that top five spot, having three of the top five spots very, very soon. Shout out to Earl Smith. Hell of a fight. Lamont Peterson, I don't know if you need to hang it up, but you might need to hang it up. That's that, R.C. I don't know if he needs to hang it up, but I know he needs to stay out of the ring when it comes to top-level opposition. Um, you know, we did catch, uh, like I mentioned, you know, before and after uh, the rounds that he said he got something left and then the round when he quit. You heard him saying something sort of to the effect of what you mentioned. Um, and, and you just seen it in him. You know, he got taken to that dark place as soon as that, that overhand landed on the side of his head. He got taken right back to that dark place where Lucas Matisse took him. And, you know, once he got there, he realized he was jumped up a bit. He got up after Lucas Matisse hit him. He was still ready to fight. He, he didn't quit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, he got he up. He quit this time. But just, just, he just jumped like up. he got he up. He didn't really. No, oh, but, yeah, but the way I'm just saying, the lights went out as soon as he hit the ground. But he woke back up. He got taken right back to where that place where the lights were out. And he realized how much power was in front of him. And that was obviously a problem. Um, now, before I ask you how do we see Earl Spence moving forward, because we know he continuously calls out Keith Thurman. Uh, I want to get to my man JP on the line and see how he sees it or seen the fight. And then uh, I'll get back to you, Willa, about how do we see Earl Spence moving forward in this mega fight in the welterweight division that will happen against Keith one-time Thurman. JP, if you're there, my man, you want the Outsiders Boxing Podcast, how you doing this evening, my man? This morning, I should say. Man, it's morning for me, gentlemen. Um, I'm well. How are you guys doing? Well, I'm doing all right. The medication's kicking in, and the boy's sitting sideways right now. Really? He seems to be doing pretty good. I'm not speaking for him, but he's talking about the sun's out, guns out. <laughs> Hey, so last time I was on, you know, I, you know, being here in Southern California, and when I'm talking to people from different states, I always what I call weather stunt, and I tried to weather stunt on Willa, and he pulled my card. He was like, "Oh no, nice try. My son's outside playing hoops. His shirt's off." And then I was listening to y'all show on Wednesday. And my man Willow was talking about ice and being shut in and the cities in the cities down. So I just want to check in, Willow, because you know what? It's ten o'clock in the morning and it's sixty five degrees and I'm watching the planes go by from my garage. How y'all doing out there, sir? Yes. It is twelve twenty and it's seventy five degrees out here. Seventy two <laughs> degrees. And we're and we're out here hooping ready, barbecuing, and getting ready for the playoffs, sir. So that's just how we do it. It is what it is out here in Houston, Texas. You tried again. You tried again. I had to. I tried again. I'm going to check in with you. I'm going to catch you one time. But, um, yeah, though, man, so let's, let's go to back to my prediction. So my prediction was if Lamont goes in there, 
you know what? Before I get to that, I want to uh, touch on something here. So last fight versus Kale Brook, I believe there was a comment that came out <clears throat> to the effect that Brook said he had to consider death to some degree, dying. And again last night, we heard Jim Gray, and I can't um, – verbatim the comment but Jim Gray says something to the effect save of Barry Hunter like save your life <clears throat> so this is two times times. In a, yeah, this is two times in a row where you're actually hearing fighters talking about dying and death versus this guy now, if, if, now my prediction was if Lamont tries to ball, uh, brawl he'll be out of there between 8 and 10 would it go 9, 10 I'm not sure I believe it was eight. I think he was eight. out of there by the eight. Okay. And so Lamont now, and I also said I, I, I was going to be looking for if Lamont had conceded to defeat. Now, I don't believe that Lamont conceded defeat, but even though Lamont took a good fucking beating, it was a very cautious beating. Lamont never threw it threw shit at the wall and said, fuck it, I'm going for it. Lamont just never just went for it. I think Lamont may have thrown like five meaningful punches where he kind of put something on it the entire fight. Lamont was very cautious, but Errol was just breaking his guard and ended up was about to really start giving him a real slow death in a like, hey, one of them beatings that, yeah. Hey, we got to keep it real because that's what we do on the Outside of Boxing Podcast. I want you, after the fight, to go check out that last that last round. It's 100%. I am 100% sure that Lamont Peterson said, I am done. He quit. So we got to get all the, uh, you know, people are trying to give him. They tried to do the theatrics afterwards, but they were talking, and he said, I'm done. Then he said, "But don't ask me." He gave up, man. Oh, absolutely. So we got it. He beat it out of him. That we got to give this man his credit. He beat the fight out of Peterson. He quit. But let's touch on some more of the dialogue that went down, like early, like the early part, like in the fifth round when Barry was like, um, <clears throat> "You know, I still believe in you, this, that, or the other." And but he was like, "I don't like what I'm seeing. I don't like what I'm seeing." Lamont was like, "Well, you knew what we was doing when we got into this. You know me, but you knew what we." He told him, "You knew what we was what we was doing when we got into this." That was actually said. And then by the time Lamont said, "It's on you. I'm losing every round." Well, I'm losing every round at this point. That was like the fifth round. Man, Lamont didn't want no smoke. Lamont knew he wasn't about to break his guard and get loose in there and really, like, go for it at all. He was like, Barry, I, you know, we know what we know what this do. You know I'll go in here and take this. But you, you, you know what this is doing. And it was just simply said like that, man. And um, it was, it was kind of bittersweet, you know, and Errol was just styling on him towards the end. It was like he was, it was, it was nothing, man. It was going to be one of them beatings that really take away from a man's brain. So Barry made a perfect call. I said, perfect when it happened. I said, thank you. That was perfect. I said, he doesn't need to see another round of that. And Lamont may have been able to take it, but it would have just been uh, damaging from that point on. You've never seen anything good out of him after if we take that for another two rounds, in my opinion. 
But uh, back to you guys, though. Well, he definitely took the will from him, took them, took his heart out of the fight. Um, Willa, starting with you. Moving forward, L. Spence continues to call out one-time Thurman. Thurman yesterday on Twitter saying, I see you, young fella, and your time is coming. Hashtag one time. Do you think Earl Spence, from what we've seen in his recent fights, is ready to get in there and take what's what, what, what would be the unification from Keith Thurman? Do you think that where he's at right now, he can get in there and um, basically do what he's done to uh, his last few opponents, to Keith Thurman? How do you see that moving forward? Um, you think he's done enough? Is he ready right now for this fight? Because he's been calling for it for a long time, and he thinks he's ready. Yeah, do I think he's done enough? He has an IBF welterweight championship belt around his, his waist. So, of course, he's done enough. Um, anybody that says he hasn't is a clown. But, um, you know, I am a man that understands how sports works, understands how to be in your, your peak prime that you're going to have to be at your peak. Does it need to fight Earl Spence right now? Um and if I was Keith Thurman after last night, I wouldn't fight him probably till the end of the year, this year, or the beginning of the year next year. Because what we saw last night is that this guy's going to keep on coming, and he's going to be dropping bombs all night long, and he's going to that body. And we know, we know exactly what Keith Thurman does when it comes to the body shot. We know exactly what happens to Keith Thurman when it comes to that ninth, tenth, eleven round. He slows down. He's going to need to be in peak, peak physical condition to deal with this young hog. Thurman fan, I think Keith Thurman does have a shot at Earl Spence to win, but it's it, but it's slowly slowly tilting um, away from him. And, uh, you know, he says his time is coming, and he's going to have to. You say you want to unify the belts. That means you're going to have you, – you've got to. You've got um, – you've got Horn with the belt. You've got a vacant WBC uh, – WBA belt that we'll be talking about. They'll be up for grabs next week. And you got y'all too. Well, Crawford's about to get that other one. So he might, you know, Keith Thurman might try to pull a quick one and go for the little guy and try to fight Crawford or Matisse or Corinne, whoever, you know, one of those guys, Karam. But, you know, Spence is the real deal, man. And, the, you know, the way he's dropping bombs and the way he's not getting tired, you know, now, Peterson didn't really make him fight that much, so we don't, you know, I can't say he's going to be dropping bombs all night just off of that. But these guys are, 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 are horses. This guy's a horse. He's missing He's missing that 10th, 11th round. You know, unlike Canelo, who tired, who sort of gasses out, but he can get his gas back, Keith Thurman can't get his gas back. Um, and Keith Thurman might not be as hungry as he once was. And that's not a good time for Keith Thurman, man. So 
Does he deserve the fight? Hell yeah. Will he get it anytime soon? Probably not. Probably in 19. More like and, and like I said, I can't get mad. You know, Keith, uh, sometimes Thurman only fights sometimes. You know, he only, for, for a while, he was only fighting one time a year. So, you know, if he fights one time this year or two times, give maybe fight quarter at the end of the year, I will, I will accept that from him. But in 19, we're gonna have to get it. We're gonna have to see it, see it get done. Though. And I, I know all the fans are gonna be screaming. He's ducking, and he sort of is. But at the same time, he needs to be in peak, peak condition to fuck with this guy. And then after Earl Spence does that, you're talking about the mega fight. No, 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 no. As your boy Max Kellerman and Stephen Gay Smith said, there's only one true mega fight. And the winner of that is going to have another super-duper mega fight. And I'm talking about Spence versus Crawford, and the winner of that somehow fighting the cash cow, Canelo. Those are the mega fights that we need to see. You know, this Keith Thurman, we're, we're watching Keith Thurman duck and dodge and this and that and, and all that, and he's just, he's, he's, his, his shine is dropping slowly and slowly, slowly and slowly, like when he disappeared a couple of years ago. You know, it's the same type of shit. He's disappearing again. He's pulling a Danny Garcia, you know, just disappearing. That's not a mega fight, man. The mega mm. fight is Crawford versus Spence, and the mega fight is whoever can win that if it's Spence against the top dog, Canelo. Well, there are a lot of things you said there, my man. It's, uh, you said you're a uh, Keith Thurman fan also, but you're calling him sometime and all this stuff. Like, I get it. Uh, the, the tune-up fight against Vargas, it's a, it's a game tune-up fight. But let's not forget Keith Thurman only fought once in 2017 and once in 2016. So we'll see how busy he gets this year. Um, I said that. No, I know. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just covering it up. Relax, covering it up, saying he fought once and two, once a uh, year each. Uh, but Keith Thurman, I think you know he's he's proven at welterweight. You know, Spence has uh, done what he's done, and we're yet to see Terence Crawford and how he does moving up in weight. So uh, I'm not so sure if we can call make sure to call that the mega fight when we haven't even seen my man give us a resume in his acclimated new weight class. So I would hold the – I'll pump the brakes on that. Um, I, I actually give Keith Thurman uh, more of a shot in beating Spence and actually having Thurman versus Crawford moving forward. Um, but that's just me. I think uh, Spence is there to be hit. And we know one thing, Keith Thurman, hey, that guy could hit. He's got some pop on his shot. And he's not just going to be there standing in front of somebody. He has good movement. And he has awkward angles, and we'll see how Spence deals with that. And I am not a Keith Thurman fan, but I call a spade a spade. And I think Keith Thurman, mm, I'm still leaning towards Keith Thurman as of right now. And I'm an Earl Spence fan and not a Keith Thurman fan, so you know I'm keeping it real when I'm saying this. But we'll see how this whole tune-up with Vargas fight looks like because an elbow injury ain't no joke especially when you're using your hands for the most part. And and I think that this hiatus that he's had is good for his healing. No need to rush. 
no need to rush get back in there. If, if we wanted to see him fight some of these young killers right away, we know what you want to see happen. Uh, I would like to see it. But in all fairness, you know, the guy, he's been a a, a very hungry fighter, and he's eating right now. Is he full yet? I don't think so. We'll see how Keith Thurman does. But talking about fighting the cash cow, Canelo, that's a middleweight right there, man. I mean, Earl Spence might be biting off a little bit more than he can chew, talking about that kind of stuff. We'll see how that goes now. Um, when did, uh, yeah, did Canelo go up? Did, did Canelo fight welterweight? Did Canelo fight, uh, did Canelo fight um, Floyd Mayweather? He fought a welterweight. He, you know, <laughs> did, did Keith, you know, you say Keith Thurman is knocking these guys out. And, uh, you know, I'm just looking at just look, you say we, you know, I see a split decision. I unanimous. I see, yeah, you know, you know, you said he can. I see a split decision against a Danny Garcia who had a hard fucking time against Lamont Peterson. Okay. I see a unanimous decision. I see a RTD. I see a unanimous decision. I see a unanimous decision. I see a RTD. And I see a TKO. So it's real knockout. That was in 14. No, that was in 13. He hasn't had a real knockout in five years. This one-time shit is, is done. He's no hey one-time no more. Level. No, hey, hey, world-class world class level, my ass. Up. Yeah, but we're talking about punches. Oh. He, where, where are these punches? You know, we're saying Spence, he's got his punches, and you say you like Spence, but you're leaning toward Pete Thurman that just, that, that with a split decision with Danny Garcia, you're not keeping it real, R.C. You're lying to oh, the people saying that you're a Spence fan. No, no, no. You're lying to the people saying that you're a Spence fan, but leaning towards a guy who barely beat Danny Garcia? Split decision? Danny Garcia thought he won that fight? Like Earl Spence against Danny Garcia, Danny Garcia wouldn't have a, a, a doubt in his mind of who won that fight. And we all know that. We all know that. So we got to sort of keep it real sometimes. Just say, hey, well, I sort of like Spence, but I'm not really a Spence fan. I mean, you should say but why would I, why would you're I, not. Why would I lie to myself? Why would I lie to myself? I'm never going to do oh, that. Oh, I don't know. Now, that's what people do because you know he's the truth. So you don't because you know deep down inside that this is the truth. But you want to see him lose to a guy that you don't like. Keep Thurman. Man, hold on, wait a minute. You're talking about knockouts and all this. You're talking about knockouts. This is world-class level. Ask your good friends with the Porters. Ask Sean Porter how hard that hand was when he got buckled in the second or third round against Keith Thurman. Danny Garcia, if he didn't have the chin that he had, he's going anybody else that took that shot early in the fight that Danny Garcia took from Keith Thurman, probably going to sleep. But just because he ain't knocking dudes out, he's keeping dudes honest with that power. And Hey, it, 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 the proof is in the pudding, and Porter felt that power. He even spoke about that power. Danny Garcia felt it, and, I mean, luckily for him, he's got that chin, and he was very cautious afterwards. He wasn't fighting the same way after taking that shot because you don't want to take too many of those. You can eat one, but you don't want to eat a whole lot of them. Now, um, he's not stopping these dudes. I believe nope. it's a whole other level when you're talking about world-class level. Sean Porter is, is a, a, a tough-a-game customer that you can get. Danny Garcia, battle-tested. 
And I think you're just discrediting these guys a little bit to where you're putting it against Keith Thurman, supposedly coming from a Keith Thurman fan. So I don't know, man. No, no, I, I, I just think it real. I like to hey. keep it real. He hasn't knocked out anybody in five years. Uh, what was that, 13, 14, four or five years? Like, you know, he got some retired on schools against bums. You know, he got a few of those. But, eh, eh, like, this one time, it's eh, when you go, when you go, big decision with Danny Garcia, you're not legit. And that's just the bottom line. I mean, you're not legit. Maybe you weren't legit at that time. Now, old Keith Thurman looked great before his first layoff. Remember, Keith Thurman came in the game shining. That's why I'm a fan of his, because the way he first came in the game. Then he disappeared. Then he came in and did, didn't do too much one time knocking out. In fact, he was looking bad, barely knocking out bombs, right? At the end of, you know, getting hit in the stomach, getting, you know, um, getting hurt to the body, Fading away every fucking fight, every fight fading away. You know what I'm saying? Like you, we don't to give Keith Thurman the edge over a guy we haven't seen fade away, a guy that we've seen drop bombs every fucking round that he's thrown. You know, eating these little shots. You know, didn't Kell Brook beat the hell up bully bully uh, Porter around? You know what I'm saying? Didn't Lamont Peterson uh, get a a, a Go send Danny Garcia a life to the life and death, you know. To a, a, a I th- I'm sure he got the majority, might have got the unanimous win, but a pretty close fight. You know what I'm saying? Like we to even say that Thurman is is the guy that will that people think will win, that he's uh, somehow should be edged in this fight is sort of crazy talk, and that just proven to me that you got this sort of hate for this guy deep down inside that you don't want to see him win. Both of these guys. And this probably has to do with Danny Garcia. It probably has to do with you want to see Thurman beat him so Danny Garcia can have this sort of, oh, yeah, well, you know, I went hard with Thurman too, so I'm good. You know, I think it all has to do with Danny Garcia deep down inside (laughs) because you you are a Danny Garcia guy. But there's no way in hell that anybody is picking Keith Thurman over Spence. And if you do, I got money on the line. Oh yeah, we can, we can definitely do that. If if Earl Spence wants to get in a fight like he like he showed against Kell Brook against Keith Thurman, respect will be given on that day, and it will be in that four circles, man. That, that four circle ring. I think uh, I'm a I'm a Spence fan. I don't need to have to bring up points and try to prove that I'm a fan of somebody because that'll be fanboy level 1000 and I'm not going to do that my word is good as I got two things in this world my word and my balls who, who where's that from fellas but um I am a I am a fan of the truth I just don't see him right now beating Keith Thurman the way he fights um you know he's a um he's a good fighter he really is I just think that Keith Thurman probably doesn't get enough respect that he he obviously earned over these last few years, and uh, I, I'm not a big fan of the guy, but, you know, um, if I was to make a basketball roster or a football roster of guys only that I don't like, that's a good fucking team. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't just dislike somebody who's a bum. 
So, um, you know, I think boxing fans who are pushing for this this whole Spence to, to get there and fight Thurman right away need to pump the brakes a little bit. Spence is doing, he's doing his work. Yes, he is. He uh, beat the shit out of Chris Algieri. Yes, he did. He stopped Kell Brook, who was already broken. Yes, he did. Was he winning that entire fight? No, he was not. Um, and he looked good yesterday. He looked really good. Now, you made up one good point. I'll give you that. Talking about the body shots, because obviously he is to the body very hard. And uh, if I was to make a case for Errol Spence beating Keith Thurman, I would say that if he hurt Thurman to the body, like Louis Colazzo did, like Sean Porter did. Now, Louis Colazzo ran out of time. The clock ran out for the round, saved by the bell. Sean Porter had plenty of time to put something together after hurting Thurman, but he was just punching the wind because that's Sean Porter. He's very sloppy. He doesn't have great technique. Um, fullback up the gut, did not know how to land. You know, he probably had a better chance since he likes to have his use his head and all that. If he would have just looked down, seen where my man's feet were at, and just aim for the middle of those feet, he probably would have had a better chance at doing that. You know, but um, Earl Spence is very calculated. He's not going to lose precision punching just because he hurt somebody. We've seen that yesterday. He had Lamont Peterson hurt. Now we want to see him start putting combinations together and get him out of there. Not going to happen with Earl Spence. He's a lot more calculated than that. So if he did hurt Keith Thurman to the body, I think he'll put punches together and not waste any energy or waste any punches walking him down stalking his prey. That's one case I would make for Earl Spence possibly being able to beat Keith Thurman. Um, but, hey, that's just my take on it. Um, as I mentioned, fan of the truth, like what he's doing. But y'all got to put a little bit of respect on Keith Thurman's name, man. He's earned it. Um, but let's take it to JP and see how he thinks about this fight because obviously Will is saying that somebody's got – Thurman over Spence is crazy. Now, JP, I know I'm crazy, but am I crazy about this prediction of mine? And not necessarily a prediction. It's just about putting respect on my man, my man Keith Thurman's name because I think people are just getting a little too up in hype when it comes to this Earl Spence train. No, I don't think you're crazy at all. Uh, I do agree with Willa in the assessment that Keith needs to be at the peak, at the tip top of his game. Now, here's the thing about that. I'm all about love. You know what I'm saying? Marriage and that matrimony and that bond with God. I'm all about it. Children, all that. But unfortunately, I think for Keith, he's found it. He's found love and Errol is at his most hungriest. You know what I mean? And these polar opposites, I don't don't know if that – will work in Keith's favor, favor as far as his hunger and desire like to just be a boxer. Errol, I ain't never seen Errol around a woman. You know what I mean? Errol don't even seem to have groupies or anything. He just hardcore fucking driven to win them belts and beat Keith. And I don't think Keith has that same drive right now. However, I think Keith knows that. Now, that's very key to it all. 
But I don't know if Keith can hold us off until 19 with this shit, with how Arrow is pursuing him. Uh, to like go back to the fight part of it, I do think Keith had definitely has a shot. I don't think you're crazy in that in that regard, RC. Uh, Keith does have that firepower. Keith does have the ability to hit, get in those open spots that Arrow leaves, and he is gonna get them. Um, and he does have pop. Now, here's the thing: can it will it if if Keith is unable to discourage Arrow? Before the sixth round, Errol will put him out like he does the rest. Um, but the question is, can Keith discourage him? He has a more likely chance to discourage him than Lamont by far, than uh, Brooke by far. If we see the same Keith Thurman that we've seen versus Danny Garcia and Sean Porter, I don't know, man. You know, we we got some. We're going to see some fireworks in the first five rounds. You know, but I think after that, like any other arrow fight, man, it's it's a it's a steep decline to that to that final bill, and we haven't seen anyone make it yet uh, that I know of. So that that's kind of how I look at it. That that's just it's it's clear as that, and I think it'll be that with arrow. Are these guys going to be able to take this twelve rounds? Somebody's going to have to be really really good and highly conditioned. And the only guy we've seen able to be that kind of perfect in this past generation is like a Floyd Mayweather, that highly conditioned where he can stay on his game, remain that focused, and be that pin sharp against a fighter like Errol. You have to be in that elk. I don't think there's anyone who's durable enough to just, like, take it in a slugfest or even like Kell Brook tried to do it in, like, kind of a, a one-two-three type of fashion. And, you know um, – one time Thurman, he's more of a Andre Ward. Explode, uh, maybe an Andre Ward also. But um, <laughs> it's one more thing, man. Uh, damn, I wanted to get to about it. I can't remember. But um, yeah, I, I just don't see anyone going that far versus Errol unless we see something where you're able to discourage him. I don't know if we've seen it in the Brook fight early on when Brook was able to land some nice shots. I don't know if we've seen Errol discouraged. We've definitely seen Errol lose around two, maybe three here and there. But I don't know if he was ever discouraged. And um, you got you got to get him discouraged somehow or another. I just don't see you making it all 12 rounds. Yeah, and I didn't say Keith Thurman doesn't have a chance. In fact, I did say he has a chance. I'm just saying it's leaning towards Spence. A, a top, prime, peak, hungry Keith Thurman has a chance against everybody. But we might that that guy might be gone. That guy might have been gone his first his first uh, his first uh, disappearing act a couple of years ago. So you know, there's no hate on Keith. Thurman. He's got a chance, but he's got to be 100 percent. Keith Thurman. Hey, really no, quick, wait. I, I have, hey, have we seen the best of uh, Errol? Because last night we seen wrinkles in his game that I haven't quite seen out of Errol before. We haven't seen Errol turning, turning guys around. That uppercut we seen last night, I mean, we kind of seen uppercut before, but this was a nice uppercut. And, you know, like uh, you guys touched on earlier about the – what, I, what I'll term him as, like, last night, that kind of style he 
put um, Lamont away with is like an educated destruction. I don't know who we who we've seen like this recently, but it's like an educated just destruction, even more so than like what we used to see with Golovkin when he used to be destructive. Um, this is more like every single shot counts. The jab is educated but destructive. The fucking uppercut is coming in out of nowhere now. It looks smooth and fluid. We're seeing, but this stuff all has that same leverage and power that we were just used to seeing when he was just destructive more so. But um, I'm just, I'm, I'm impressed, man. Definitely impressed. No, definitely. I think we're, this guy's he, he, he's getting, he's going to get better and better, man. Uh, you learn every time. And as he gets his confidence, more confidence, as we see, um, he's just going to get better. We haven't seen the best. And that's the thing. We have not seen the best guy because nobody's brought the best out of him yet. You know, Kell Brook almost did, but not really. You know, uh, it, you know, it's the same with Crawford. We haven't seen the best of that guy either. You know, Gamboa almost brought, you know, sort of brought the best out, but we saw what happened. He went to sleep after that. These guys haven't even really been tested uh, to to bring out that that prime fighter that they can be. You know, you need to be tested for that. And will Keith Thurman be the guy? I don't think so. I think the only test that these guys have are going to be each other. I think, like, you know, just go back to that. I think Crawford is a better sort of skilled, faster fighter. But Earl Spence is a monster, and he's dropping bombs all night long. I just want to see that fight, man. Thurman, I wanted to see it, but the way he's just shuck, uh, not shucking and dodging, but dodging and this and that, like he wasn't, the, you know. It's just it's just turning me off. Even though you know, even though I do want to see him fight, and even though you know, I wish him luck. But we haven't seen the best of these guys, man. We haven't seen the best of any of these guys. We haven't seen the best of the Charlos. Um, we haven't seen the best. Yeah, other uh, yeah, other Charlos. My fault. So these guys, there is it's, it's some hungry wolves coming up in boxing, man. And it's gonna be a long day. We we haven't seen the best of Lomachenko yet. We haven't seen the best of Danny Garcia. I mean, not Danny Garcia, Mikey Garcia. We've seen the best of old sharp ass gifts, Garcia. But there's a lot of there's a lot of good fighters coming up, man. And hopefully, hopefully, you know, we'll get to see them fight the top that will bring out the best. But RC, we need to get speaking into we've seen the best. We need to talk about your boy, Robert Easter Jr. and the fucking robbery that was pulled last night, man. Yeah, I like how you moved the agenda to the next subject because you definitely have an agenda today. Uh, But we need to get to that. You're right. Um, I think Robert Easter Jr., um, he didn't look look good again. He didn't look great again. He didn't look like he should have looked yesterday, just like his previous fights before that. Um. He, uh, on my scorecard, lost a fight, but it was a close fight, in my opinion. Um, And it's that age-old saying that you have to take the title from the champion instead of be given the title. Does that that apply all the time? It doesn't always happen that way, but uh, I can see 
what they were doing about that. Um, dude was definitely game. Fortuna was game as it got. Um, he landed a lot of good shots on Easter. He made it a, a dog fight when he needed to. And um, early point deduction in that fight changed the dynamics of it a little bit. Was it necessary or warranted? Probably. Uh, it, it was early, but he did throw four straight punches in the back of the head. Um, that were very evident, even so, when Robert Easter was going damn near out the ropes, he was throwing that last punch just for good measure. Um, but Fortuna was a hungry fighter last night, and he had every reason to be upset when he heard the scorecards. Um, now, the scorecards I was not mad at because I probably had Easter losing by two rounds, and um, each scorecard was pretty close. Um I was wondering, who's Robert Easter's trainer? Was it Mike Stafford yesterday, or was it Adrian Broner? Because he fought a lot like Adrian Broner yesterday. Clip-loaded, fighting like he has one-punch knockout power. Did not put a whole lot of combinations together like we've seen when he's looking at his best. A lot of loading up yesterday. Robert Easter did not look very good. He looked like... um, a diet Adrian Broner yesterday. Um, he posted saying he didn't know he was going to be in a wrestling match. He was expecting a boxing match. Now, Easter got clipped a few times, and he got hurt early in the fight. Did he throw some shots back and clip Fortuna? Yes, he did. Um, but Fortuna took one and gave one. Very heavy against Easter, that nice counter left hand that he landed right after taking a straight right from Easter. Very impressive. Um, I don't really uh, agree with the whole hugging after the fight, having the press conference, or not the press conference, but having the post-fight interview, hugging each other side by side when obviously Fortuna's upset with the with the outcome Obviously, Robert Easter doesn't understand what he's saying, speaking in Spanish, lightweight compared to what the translator put out. And it was just a little bit too much for me. But um, I I was not impressed with Robert Easter Jr. Give him a C grade. But, um, you know, you have these advantages when you're the champion and you have these disadvantages when you're the contender. Can't leave any doubt in the mind of the judges because the guy holding the strap most likely when he's a, a young undefeated fighter such as Robert Easter, like Polly Malinaji said, the more politically correct fighter gets the leniency towards him. And that's what it was yesterday. Um, I, I, I thought that Robert Easter lost a close fight yesterday. Um, but when the judges scorecard came out for Easter being um, the winner by split decision wasn't surprised. It did not make me spill my drink or anything like that. I said, well, yeah, you know, that's what they're going to do. This is boxing, and it ain't boxing without a little bit of controversy. And we have that every time we get something going on in the ring. Um, now, I, I wouldn't call it a complete robbery. Like, it was just a, you know, blowout victory. It was a close fight, and uh, with the point deduction uh, given, if uh, uh, Steve Farhood, dumbass, with the point deduction in the second round, um, he gave Fortuna that round. Um, 
Maybe I got to watch it over again, having a few drinks yesterday. But I did think that Robert Easter won that round. That the point was deducted, and that changes the entire dynamic of the fight if you go by the scorecards. Because it goes from a 9-9 if you gave the round a 14. But it's a 10-8 you get the round of Easter. So that changes it all. And um, not only that, the swing rounds that were given, the fight was up for grabs in the last round. But depending on how you scored, you know, um, that changes the whole dynamics of the entire fight. So uh, Robert Easter definitely was in a little bit of trouble, but um, he fought through it. Fortuna was um, in a little bit of trouble at times, but he fought through it. All in all, good fight. It was a really good fight. Um, Was it a great fight? No. But um, I was not mad and not surprised when I heard the decision. But, Willa, you're calling it a robbery? The floor is yours, my man. Yeah, Robert Easter, another Ohio native, showing us that these guys do not have what it fucking takes to be the real deal. This guy is 5'11", 6' fighting a guy that's 5'7", 5'6" and he's leaning over, getting let, uh, allowing this guy to use his shorter punches to win a lot of the rounds. You know, I wasn't taking score because, I, you know, I went in thinking this should be okay, okay work for Easter Jr., but in the back of my head, knowing that Easter Jr. is not the real deal. Um, you know, Fortuna coming up uh, from uh, Super Featherweight, I believe, you know, being a champ there, uh, losing his belt, coming up, uh, missing weight um, for this fight. So the the IBF lightweight championship was not up for grabs. So I thought they would give him his due, you know, and still let Easter keep his belt, you know, and Easter has some fights to do. But they robbed this young man. Um, was I surprised that it happened? No, I wasn't surprised. But he won – seven or eight of those rounds. And it's all because Easter Jr. thinks he has one one knockout power, uh, one push knockout power. He doesn't. He thinks he has speed. He doesn't. Only thing he has is length. And he didn't use that at all. And like uh, JP mentioned last week where I was like, uh, you know, after not seeing him for a while, I just remember there was something about him that told me that he wasn't the real deal. And uh, JP brought up that he's crouching down, fighting. He's 5'11", but he's fighting like he's 5'7". And um, that uh, that showed his ugly head again. Um, he fought. He's talking. You know, then afterwards he rubbed me the wrong way, saying fights like this is not what he's looking for. You know, um, he did. It's just all he's another clown. And I thought he was serious. And maybe he is serious, you know, but he's a clown-ass dude. You barely, when you went life or death, you really should have lost because, you know, or they made it a, they would have made it a draw if they wouldn't have took that, that point away, you know, because he only won by one round, one point in, in the first uh, in the first judge's score, right? So it's like he didn't show this guy any respect. Uh, it's... This guy's a clown, man. I don't – Robert Easter Jr., I'm no longer a fan. 
And if you know me, it's going to take a, a lot for a young black fighter to make me despise him and to, you know, especially a guy who hasn't really done anything wrong. You know, he's not out there acting an ass like Broner. He's not doing any of that. But just the way he carried himself after the fight, a life-or-death fight with a little guy, you know, because you don't have any um, boxing, I won't, I won't say skill, but he's like the boxing IQ to just learn to just stand up straight and throw your jab and don't let him get in. You know, he thinks he's better than he is, and that bit him in his ass last night. But Tuna got robbed. He should get his rematch, and he will probably – Tune ain't throwing no bombs, so it'll probably be the same thing. Both these guys throwing pillow punches. Uh, I think Easter was hurt two or three times. For Tuna, I don't, I'm not really sure he was hurt. Maybe once. You know, maybe once. Um, he was eating this guy. I mean, Robert Easter, he, he disgraced all of Ohio. Um, Adrian Broner, he's been disgracing all of Ohio. He's disgracing young black fighters everywhere, you know, not showing this guy respect when you got the split. or It was really should have been a split decision. Now, he did punch the guy in the back of the head. He, he did hit Easter in the back of the head, I think, the first round, and he told him, hey, that's enough of that. And then he did it again. Yeah. So the point getting taken away, I agree with it, you know, Matt, uh, not Max Kellerman, but uh, Malinaji, you know, he didn't understand, and they thought it was too early. But he was just nipping that in the bud early. He told him in the first round, don't do it again, and he did it. And that and that last time he threw like three or four punches to the back of his head. So I understand that. he That's yeah. the reason That's the reason he didn't get the split decision to the judges, maybe. You know, maybe they were already going to give it to Easter. But Easter is, uh, you know, I don't want to see him. He's calling out Mikey Garcia and Lenares. Fuck out of here. And that's what, in fact, that's what we need to do. We need to go ahead and make those, those one of those fights so they can just go ahead and bust his ass and we can stop talking about this guy because, you know, until he gets some fucking dignity, until he gets some a, a, and another trainer, he's not going to he's, – he's, he's shit to me. I don't want to see him fight. I just want to see him get his ass kicked. You talking shit to a guy that, that you just went life and death with and you are six inches taller than them. Like, fuck out of here, man. Fuck out of here. That's what I got to say to Easter Jr. and his whole career. Fuck out of here. Wow. Um, they uh, probably last impressive Robert Easter performance was for the vacant title with Richard Comey. That was a good fight in which it was probably up for grabs in that last round also, but when Easter showed that 12th round dog in him and hurt Kami really bad and uh, was teeing off to finish him, I was wondering if we are going to see that from Robert Easter yesterday because he was, you know, in a fight that was up for grabs. So um, pretty much that's what it was. I, I was expecting to see something like that, uh, but we did it. Um, and, and, and yeah, like you said, I wasn't surprised at, at the way this whole thing went out. Uh, but I think that Robert Easter definitely lost the fight, and um, that's just what it is. Um, uh, but that's here nor there. Robert Easter, is he trying to get in there with Lenares and Garcia? No. Nah. Nah. 
probably not. But I do give him respect for actually calling out top-level opposition instead of avoiding top-level opposition. So uh, you take what you get for it. But, um, Will, as you mentioned, we got a call from the 206 on the lines. So let's take it there, see what he's got to say about um, this Easter fight that we covered up, if he agrees or disagrees, or maybe does he see him being a complete disgrace like you do. The only thing that you were missing off saying, Willow, was fuck Robert Easter, staff, record label, and as a motherfucking crew. <laughs> but 206, you on Outside of the Boxing Podcast. What's up? What's going on, y'all? Um, you know, Willa, my guy, tearing down black fighters once again. I love it. You know, it's it's what you do best. Uh, actually, I wouldn't say I love it, but I love hearing it. We had to check his mic off. Uh, you're not going to come on our show talking this nonsense about me tearing down black fighters once again. What black fighter have I tore down? This guy showed no respect. He tore down himself. We wanted to give this guy some credit and love, Seattle Simon. And guess what? He spit in our face and showed this guy no respect. He fought a midget, like you like to call him, ducking down. He lost. And there's no, there's no way to say I'm not tearing him down at all. So we'll give Simon one more time to come on and show a little respect to his mentor, D. Willa. Simon, you back on, man. Mentor? Interesting, interesting. Oh, okay. Uh, sounds good, though, but, you know. Hey, but relax, man. Sounds Stop good. That's, so that's, seriously. that's one of my things. Sounds good. That's hey. one of my things, too. Now hey, we're taking hey, it seriously. You know, Hey, hey, but you know, relax, man. I like, I like, I like how you guys get so sensitive about little things, man. You say stuff about people's fighters, they get sensitive. You make a joke when, in reality, look, I'm on the same page with you when it comes to Easter, man. I was the one that, you know, and I'm on the, you know, I don't get credit, I don't get credit for it, but I don't necessarily want the credit. But you know, real guys, you know, would give credit, but. I was the one years ago talking about people beating up midgets and getting credit for it, getting too much credit for it. So if a guy doesn't beat up a midget, then of course you got to criticize. So, yeah, Robert Easter looked terrible. Robert Easter fought like he didn't have a game plan. Robert Easter um, looked like he probably was sp- – Broner was probably his main sparring partner the whole training camp. Robert Easter <laughs> looked like he would probably get knocked out by Mikey Garcia. Robert Easter needs to go back to the drawing board and, and also give Fortuna a rematch. But the Fortuna situation, is, <laughs> I mean, the guy didn't miss. I mean, look, see, it's hard to, like, it's hard to, you know, really go – fully hard on him is because the guy didn't make weight, but he's a midget. So it's like, how do you judge that? You know, the guy was moving up weight, but he didn't miss, he didn't make up weight. You know, he missed weight and he's a midget. So it's like, is that no excuses still? Or is that also, well, the guy wasn't professional. So we need to rip Fortuna. You get what I'm saying? Like, how do you judge? He that? wasn't professional. I mean, that's, that's, a you know, we, he wasn't professional. It is no, but what I mean is, if you miss weight, and but you are the same size or close to the same size as somebody, 
then we go hard on you, and rightfully so, for two reasons. You miss weight, and then also it's, it's obvious you're trying to gain an advantage. But then when you're a midget and you miss weight, should we go as hard? Because was that, an, was that really an advantage for him against Easter? Or is that just him just being unprofessional? You get what I'm saying? Like, because Easter probably should have still won, right? And probably wiped him out. Or maybe did the weight um, help him? I don't know. I can't judge that. So, but, you know, uh, yeah, you know, as far as Easter, man, I don't know. I don't know where to go. I think he might need to move up because he just seems too skinny, just too skinny. You know what I mean? Where he can kind of get, you know, you know, you can get rough with him. You could be a midget and get rough with him and not really, nothing will happen. You know what I mean? So, and then if you just judge him since he won the last, you know, his world title, three out of his, um, well, three out, three out of his last four fights have either been um, struggles or he just hasn't looked good at all. So, I mean, you got to wonder what's going on. You know, from everything I've read and heard, he's, he, he's not – he takes it seriously more than Broner. You know what I mean? And I used to think he was better than Broner. I used to be like, man, it, you know, it's crazy how, you know, the, 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 the little homie coming up is actually better than the big homie. But now after watching that, I'm like, oh, no, man, I think the big homie Broner is better than him. Because we know one thing, Broner made, a, Broner made a name out of himself beating up midgets and getting credit. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I think that should be hey, – I think, hey, hey, Willa, uh, how, how do you feel about a Broner-Fortuna fight to get Broner's name back out there? Because I know that's what made y'all love him. Y'all love seeing him beat up. No, stop it. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm just saying, man. I'm trying to play, you know, matchmaker right now. How do you feel about that fight, Willa? Broner Fortuna. Oh, that makes no. Yeah, that makes no sense. Broner Fortuna. Fortuna is nobody. Uh, Fortuna <laughs> is, you know, that doesn't make. Fortuna needs to get his rematch against uh, against Easter Junior. That's it. That's all I'm saying. He, he was, you know, Gavin was a nobody. You know what I mean? Eloy Perez was a nobody, and everybody went crazy about that. I'm just saying, he, you know, he hasn't been looking good for a while. You know, he lost to Mikey Garcia. I think that's a good fight for Broner, man. Come in as the big homie and be like, look, this is how you do it. Go in there, walk, walk him down, go to the body and destroy him. I would love to see it. You know, just because. I know Broner would look good in that fight. That's the type of fight Broner wins. He's a bully. You know what I'm saying? He's a bully, and if he can't bully you, he doesn't have a plan B. So, I don't know. I think that I wouldn't be surprised if that fight happens. He is a promoter now, or he's involved in promotion or whatever you want to call it. So, I don't know. That would be interesting, you know. But, uh, yeah, Easter, I mean, until proven otherwise, I mean, he's got a lot to he's got a lot to work on and a lot to – um, show and prove because I mean seriously you can't be you can't be struggling like with guys like Javier Fortuna then turn around and call out Mikey Garcia and Linares. Right. So so we'll <laughs> right. see so we'll see what happens, you know what I mean? But you know as far I'm as the main event what? Yeah, yeah. I was gonna ask you, I was gonna ask you, we got the Easter take on you. What'd you think about the uh L Spence and Peterson main event that you that that was on display? What did you take away from it <clears throat> as far as Spence um, and his progression of becoming hey, RC, this big star? Hey, R.C., 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 
hey, to keep What's to up? keep some uh, continue uh, to keep the the smoothness of the show. Let's go. Let's get what JP had to say about the the uh, the farmer fight. Then we can go back to recalling the show. You know, we're not. Yeah, I know Sam is a. Uh, you know, is is the man. But let's 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 stick with what we're talking about. Then we can go back because JP. I'm sure JP had something to say, and he's been waiting. So. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, cool. yeah. I didn't, I yeah. didn't know cover on this one, so yeah, we can do that for sure. Sign hold with this for a second. Let's get this one take. And uh, JP, you were, uh, you you mentioned it last week about Easter being five eleven, but fighting like he's five six. Did you see it again yesterday? And were you surprised? Uh, <clears throat> not at all, man. It's uh, actually what we kind of pinpointed when Willa was like, "It's just something." I can't quite put my finger on it. And my assessment, what that something was, was that, you know, he just doesn't know how to fight in the mold or stay in the style that he's supposed to. That upright, you know, um, maybe double jab, one, two, with the right hand. That you'd see a guy like Emmanuel Stewart be able to perfect with the Tommy Hearns, Vladimir Klitschko, and, uh, you know, quite a few other fighters. But, um, again, he gives up his his height, and he goes in there. I mean, it was... It's almost crazy to see, right? When you see him, like, in there, like, fucking, like, in the guy's chest. It's amazing to see a guy who has six inches on a guy to be in his chest. And it just makes no sense at all. And But who you have to, who you have to like, point the finger at is Mike Stafford, right? The two fighters that Mike Stafford has gotten to this point, you arguably would say they've gotten there simply on their athleticism alone because you just don't see anything change in them. And it's, you, you see a, um, you see like the toolbox on these guys and you're waiting for the tools to be added to the box. But all we got is this good, nice box, but we're not putting tools in it. And so that's what I've seen again. That's what I've seen again, you know, straight up and down. Do I think um, Easter lost the fight? No, I don't. And now, and, and I wanted to pump the brakes on on, on you guys now. Um, Will, are you going extra hard about it? Let, let's add some, object, some objectivity to it. So, look, you'll see these fights sometime on Guy's Road. Um, Fortuna, I hate when guys fight like he did. Now, you already got this awkward little left-handed dude that's going to fight super cautiously, not throw hardly any punches, but, you know, you got to be cautious about him because he got a little pop. He's throwing these looping punches. He's a southpaw, and then I guess they're both southpaws. But, um, you know, so you got to be a little cautious about him. But uh, Fortuna... He didn't come to really fight. He come in overweight, and you're going to be in this super um, cautious stance the whole night, fucking running and making this guy stalk you. We didn't come to see that fight. We thought this was going to be a bombs-away fight, and Fortuna turned into some kind of countering, you know, ten shots of um, ten shots around type of dude who did, in my opinion, sloppy work. And um, and I'm not excusing Easter, but it's kind of I kind of felt his sentiment after the fight. Like, man, I don't want to fight guys like this. They they don't, you know, he wanted them little sloppy ass strange dudes who make for weird strange fights like this. And I don't want to award Fortuna for that fight. So, yeah, that's what I got to say about it, though. Well, there you go, man. Uh, Much respect there. Um, Willis, you want to comment on that? You said you were going a little extra hard on Easter. Nah, you still 
you still give the man his fucking respect. You just went life or death. You know, you you smiling. You saying he wasn't hitting you with nothing, but you were the one that got rocked more than that. You say he was, he, you know, maybe I was watching another fight. I saw him running around. I saw him countering, but I saw him throwing Manny. You know, he was out there doing the Manny Pacquiao jump three punch, you know, type of little little move. I saw him doing work, man. Um, awkwardness, yeah. Was he hugging? Yeah. But this is a this is a tall guy. You know, he he was the, you know, I don't know. You don't get in there, and I don't think you disrespect a guy like he did. That just rubs me the wrong way. If you're going to disrespect him, you, you need to have whooped his ass. Like when Broner, you know, he's trying to take pages out of Broner's book, but Broner was disrespecting people after he whooped their ass. After, you know, after he got close fights, he wasn't really doing stupid shit like that. And when he did lose, he would just say some shit like, I'm still looking pretty or something. But he wasn't really taking shots at that guy. You know, just disrespect that guy that you really lost to. Or if not lost, it was a split decision. You know, he did. He was unprofessional. And I give him that. That's the only thing that sort of saves it, that he was unprofessionally said, make the, can you make the weight? And then he left. You know, but at the same time, uh, what did they weigh? When they when they got into the ring, you know what I'm saying. At the same time, you had six inches over this guy. I don't give a fuck about a pound and a half at all. That was you know he just seems like a sucker to me. And sucker guys, you know they can uh, I, I, they they wear thin on me. And that was a sucker move. And that's just how I feel, man. You know I I don't think you know he's not a he's that yeah I don't know he's trying to be Adrian Broner and he's not. Adrian Boner would at least try to sleep that guy. Adrian Broner, when he's getting beat, he's not he's still giving boys the work in that twelfth round, right? Except against that uh except against his last fight, uh, Mikey Garcia just whipped his ass. But besides that, uh Madonna got the taste in that twelfth round. Um uh Porter got the taste in that twelfth round. He isn't quitting. He sorta of knows how to fight. This guy is was getting out. Out, uh, he was getting hit. He's throwing long ass punches from the inside. The short guy is catching them two times before he gets the one. He lost that fight, man. I don't know what you saw. Maybe you know I was in there sipping with my partners. Maybe you know I was sort of I had my kids running around. Maybe I didn't watch it like I needed to. But from what I saw, he was losing. He lost that twelfth round. He lost that fight. All right, all right, there it is. Robert Easter obviously has to go back to the drawing board and figure something out. Now, um, yeah, he, he really did look like a, a lot of Adrian Broner yesterday, uh, loading up his shots and all that. But um, as you mentioned, Will, at least A.B. does have that dog in him to uh, dig deep at times. And even if he's got to low blow somebody like an Ashley Theophane to get him out of there, he'll make it happen. So there ain't no, ain't no quit in A.B., unless he's fighting Mikey Garcia. But um, real quick to follow up with uh, Seattle Syme, um, I know he's been a little critical on this whole Thurman, Spence, and then not only that, but Spence in general, as far as him um, becoming this big star like everybody's talking about. I was saying last week's show that we have to start asking questions if Errol Spence did not clean up some of his game as to when he fought Kell Brook. I think he did clean it up a little bit. He was still there to be hit, but as I mentioned, 
He was not worried about Peterson's power. And basically, he was given one to take one. So, uh, or taking one to give one, I should say. But, um, uh, Simon, Earl Spence, known as the truth. Did he impress you yesterday? And what did you take away from his fight? And what does it look like for Earl Spence moving forward? He said he wants to fight three times this year. Did one of those three fights be against Keith Thurman? Um, well, before I talk about that, um, real quick on what he, you guys were saying about Easter, you know, this is where you got to really wonder about him because we said a lot of the same things about Paul Williams back in the day about how we gave away his height and he kind of was reckless with it, but he also was whooping a lot of ass in doing so. So when Easter's doing it, but he's not, but he's struggling or he's like arguably losing and all this stuff that tells you like, okay, well, you know, what type of level fighter do we really have here with, um, and then when it comes to Fortuna, you know, he, he, I agree with Willa when he talks about when, when they were in exchanges, Fortuna was winning those exchanges. So whether you say you don't like the way he fought, you know, and this and that, it still doesn't explain why when they actually were letting their hands go, Easter was losing those exchanges. So, I mean, it is what it is, you know, but, uh, and, you know, he, he just, you know, he just got a lot to work on, but he might have a lot to work on, but he might just not have it. You know, sometimes you just, you just ain't, you just not that level of fighter. So, you know, we, we just gonna have to see about that. Now, when it comes to Errol Spence and Peterson, I was very, I was, I was, I was very impressed with Spence. See, I'm able to like, look at fights and say, yeah, you did the job, but I'm not like most people where whether I'm a fan of a fighter or not or whatever you want to call it, like people want to look past certain things and then still and act like because a guy's undefeated, because he blasted a guy out or whatever, that, you know, he's unbeatable or he you, he's he's too big for criticism or whatever. But, no, I'm just, you know, I just look at fights. I look at every fight the same way. I look at what you do well. I look at what you do wrong. Spence is a beast, straight up. I liked him. I've always liked him. You know, um, I was uh, talking about him when 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 Brooke was taking a long time to, you know, take the fight. I was telling, I was saying, no, give him his fight. You always fight your mandatories. All of a sudden, you're taking a long time to accept your mandatory. When Spence is your fighter, the fighter to uh, fight to. And people were defending Brooke, and people were acting like, oh, you're crazy to say that he's trying to avoid the fight. So I was trying to get the guy, you know, I was behind him 100%. Still behind him, you know, good, you know, very good fighter. You know, he's, you know, he's a southpaw. He can punch. He goes to the body, and he's, he's, and he's in great condition. That's a hard fighter to deal with. But, you know, it's like, like I tell, like I was saying earlier, people don't want to talk about other things. No fighter's perfect. The man, you know, he just, you know, he comes straight up in a high, in a high guard. He don't move his head. You can hit the guy flush. He takes it. He's shown a good chin, no question. You know, he's been rocked before, but, you know, some people want to say it's nothing, but then when uh, when other guys get hurt, they want to bring up how that guy got hurt, so I don't get that type of, you know, mentality, but whatever. So my whole thing with Spence is, you know, he's going to be, he, he keeps getting, he's going to keep getting better. His style is a style that's, 
you know, actually kind of similar to Gennady Golovkin in a lot of ways. Different, you know, different in certain ways because he's southpaw, more athletic, things like that. But they, you know, they're the guys that come in, you know, they're coming at you. They want to be in your face the whole time. You know, they're going to go to the body. You know what I'm saying? They're throwing hard shots. You know what I mean? But they also leave a lot. They also leave openings. You can hit these dudes. So that will always make for, you know, an entertaining fight and a fight that, you know, they could possibly lose. So when it comes to Spence, I mean, you know, um, it, you know, he's he's one of the he's one of the best welterweights, of course, because he's got a belt. You got to give him that. But you get credit for what you've done, not what people think you're going to do, or how good they think you are as far as capabilities. The man at 147, whether people like it or not, is Keith Thurman. So. Until he loses, or some other guys do some other things, maybe if Spence picks up another belt, now both guys got two belts, you got to give Thurman his credit and acknowledge him as the man at 147. So we'll see what happens. I would love to see Garcia, Danny Garcia and Errol Spence next. Um, It looks like Keith Thurman is going to fight Jesse Vargas and then probably Sean Porter next because they're going to mandate it most likely. So, um, as far as Keith Thurman Spence, I'm thinking if it's going to happen, it's probably not going to happen for another two or three more fights. So whether people like it or not. All right, all right. And uh, I know we spoke about the Brooks fight with Earl Spence, and which a fight where if, if fans were saying that Earl Spence was winning that entire fight, I have to have uh, um, them relook up the tape. But I've noticed that Earl Spence. He uh, cleaned up some of those patches that he had uh, against against uh, Kell Brook, and and you know I mentioned that Kell Brook is not no Lamont Peterson, and Lamont Peterson is nowhere near Kell Brook. Um, was that somewhat of a effect yesterday of why Spence looked um, like he uh, 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 fixed up some of those kinks in his armor yesterday, or was it just a power factor alone? I, I obviously um, he wasn't worried about Peterson's power and Peterson. Um, you know, he got taken to that dark place yesterday. But was it more so Earl Spence uh, progressing as a fighter and what he did yesterday, or was it the level of opposition? Because um, if we had Kell Brook against Earl Spence prior to the Triple G Kell Brook fight, I think we would have probably been in for uh, a 12-round barn burner. Uh, but Kell Brook was broken um, you know, and uh, he got rebroken right after that. The man took the probably the two most dangerous fights that he could take in his career. Uh, blame that on management, if you will. But um, did you take out the fact that Earl Spence looked like a more clean fighter um, and not as green as he looked against Kell Brook in this Peterson fight that we've seen yesterday? I mean, it came down to, you know, a natural welterweight and Brook, you know, Brook has more power than Peterson. And then he's, his game plan, he executed his game plan better than um, Peterson was doing. Took the power better also of Spence, you know, when, when, um, when until Brooke got um, hurt with the eye injury, when he was getting hit, he looked like he was taking the power well. And, and as far as the whole broken damage thing, I don't want to take the credit away from Brooke on that because, I mean, Spence, because, he was damaged 
quote unquote, but he wasn't fighting like a damaged fighter until he got damaged again. You see what I'm saying? Like he wasn't fighting like a guy that was broken or got an injury against Golovkin. He fought like Brooke. And then he got injured and then he said, all right, he started thinking about, he started having nightmares or whatever going on in his head. And then he said, let me check out. So we need to give Spence credit for the fact that he was fighting the Kell Brook that we usually see fight. You know what I mean? It's just that he was able to land that shot that changed the fight. But, you know, Brooke just brought more things to the table and was able to, and was able to not allow Spence to impose his will as easy as Lamont was. Like, Spence was literally had a, like, was smiling the whole time or a good amount of the time, just coming forward, taking punches, right. you know, landing his punches. It was like he wasn't like that. Like, against Brooke, he was focused. He was like, yeah, this guy, you know, he's, you know, he's strong too. He's, you know, he, you know, he could box. He's pushing me back at times. You know, he was, it was more of a laser focus kind of like, you know, I gotta, I gotta get this. I gotta, you know what I mean? I can't make no mistakes, this and that. But like with, with Peterson, it was like, uh, you know, ah, little guy. Oh, that's nice. Nice right hand. You know, oh, nice body shot. You know, oh, oh okay. Now let me hit you. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. And then it was, that's what it was. And it was so that just shows, you know, the natural, the difference between, you know, the natural welterweights or the welterweights that can punch a little bit better. So, um, you know, he still, you know, got to hit a lot, you know. Um, for the most part, I would say most of the punches he ate them. There was a, there was a few punches that La- Peterson landed on him after he got hurt on the ropes when, when Spence was trying to finish him that, you know, backed him up. That Those were probably the punches where I was like, oh, he's probably – he felt those a little bit. But, you know – Peterson wasn't a puncher at 40. Now he's going up to 47. You know, it's hard to really, you know, get a guy, you know, to respect you or hurt or buzz, you know, when Spence is as big and as strong as him with a, with a chin. So, um, so, but yeah, I mean, full credit to him. He, he, he won. He took him out, which is impressive. Anytime he can get a knockout and it wasn't really, you know, I wouldn't say he really lost any rounds. Probably. I would probably say he, he didn't, you know, I was sipping last night, so I mean, I'm I would have to look at it again and really say, oh, did he really lose a round or stuff like that? But the fight, the how I saw the fight was, you know, Lamont was trying, he was trying to go to the body, he was trying to do things, it just had no effect. So when you're standing in front of somebody, but you're not having no effect on him, but the guy is hitting you and it's having an effect, eventually, you know, it's gonna it's gonna um, the fight's going to change, and you're going to be, you know, laid out or dropped or, you know, referee's going to stop it or the trainer's going to stop him throwing the towel. So, you know, it, it just was a matter of time before he got to him, and he got to him, you know, pretty you know, pretty early, you know what I mean? So, you know, full credit to, you know, um, Spence. But, um, you know, just when it comes – you know, I, I know people want to um, – you know, praise them and jump on the bandwagon and all that stuff. I'm just, you know, that's good. Hey, Spence is a good fighter, man. But, you know, don't complain when you feel that other fighters that you're not necessarily a fan of are getting too much credit or getting propped up too much before they've earned it. But then you turn around and do it over somebody you're a fan of. Just keep it consistent. If you don't want people to overrate or whatever you want to call it, other fighters, then you don't do it yourself, you know. He's he's come he's on his way up. He's got his belt. When Thurman was saying things like who is you know, who was Spence and this and that, but he didn't have a title, he had a little bit of a case. 
now that he's got a belt and you're trying to become undisputed and so is him, you got to eventually fight him. So I'm not going to ever defend Thurman when it comes to that. You got to fight him. Don't don't act like you're sunning him and don't act like, oh, you know, keep doing your thing, man, one day, you know, like acting like you're way too big for him. No, he, you are the number one welterweight, but this guy also has a belt, so you need to get through him eventually. But the people saying that, oh, he needs to come off a, a year layoff and an injury and fight Spence right away, get that hate out your blood, man. That's just that's just hate right there. You just want to see him lose. Real talk. Let the man get his fights in. You know, Jesse Vargas coming off a year layoff is not a bad fight. People saying it is, I mean, like I said, get that hate out your, you know, get that hate out you, man, for real. Let him get through these things. Now, if he's talking the same way he's talking right now, after he gets through Vargas, you know, you don't want to look past him. Give Vargas his credit. If he, he gets through Vargas. If he gets past Vargas. If he gets past Porter, because they won't go away. Them guys are just annoying dudes. You lost. You ran your mouth. And now you want a rematch. You know, which is fine, but right now we want to see other fights. But, hey, it might, it might not be Thurman's choice. So when Thurman, if Thurman has to fight him to keep his belt, keyword, keep his belt, then you got to, you know, you got to let that happen. Then after that, if he gets through that again, then no excuses, Thurman. He's got to fight Spence. And if he doesn't and he starts talking and he keeps talking the way he's talking now, I'm going to be the, I'm going to be going harder on him than, than anybody. And we know one thing about me, can nobody go harder on fighters than me. So I will do it, but I like to keep it consistent. So I'm going to keep it consistent when it comes to this also. I feel you. I feel you. There it is. No, yeah, no excuses coming forward, but obviously Sean Porter has a case that, you know, he should get a rematch because the fight was decided in the last round against, against Keith Thurman. And that's fine. Uh, Sean Porter is definitely one of those guys who's probably not going to go away unless you're able to stop him. Will he stop him in a rematch? That remains to be seen. I'm not 100% sure on that. But it was a pretty good fight uh, when Thurman and Spence got in there. Uh, or, excuse me, Thurman and Porter. I'm sorry. Look, I'm already ahead of myself. But when uh, Thurman and Porter were in there, I know there were some people who were saying it wasn't all that. But I really think that that fight was well-deserved for a fight of the year candidate. And probably, if not fight of the year, it's a pretty damn good fight they had. Um but moving forward, talking about a guy that um, Peterson was in the ring when he went back to that dark place. He's got a fight coming up, Lucas Matisse. Uh, Lucas Matisse, the guy who supposedly wanted to get out the game after Posto made him quit, which I was in attendance for and was very happy to see. Willa, he's going in there against a killer. <laughs> if you go on YouTube and type in number one welterweight ranking Tiwa Kurum, you'll be highly entertained. That will be the opposition facing the other side of the corner of Lucas Matisse, January 27th at the Forum here in Inglewood, California. Usually I'll take a ride out to Inglewood because I got family out there in Hawthorne, Torrance, Venice. But Lucas Matisse against, I'm not going to disrespect the guy. I'll let you guys look it up on YouTube yourself and see how Mr. Tiwa Kerm puts up highlight reels. <laughs> but uh, real quick, Willa, uh, we got nine minutes uh, before we get out of here, folks. So we're going to uh, talk about this one real quick and have a quick wrap-up. And if anybody's um, um, feeling froggy about some football bets, we could do that too. But um, Willa, Lucas Matisse. Against the killer, Tiwa Kerm. 
<laughs> what do you think about that fight, my man? Microphone checking one two. D. Willow Wilson, where you at, my man? Uh, I'm right here. Yeah, we got uh, we're gonna have a a showcase weekend of fights of boxing. Uh, the WBA vacant welterweight championships on the line. Also, the WBA lightweight championship. So we got, you know, we had the IBF this weekend. Now the WBA is giving us the same, the same little combination of fights. And uh, I mean, I think that's cool. But this one shouldn't be anything too special. Uh, Tiwa Carl, <laughs> he looks very bad out there. I watched a few of his fights last night just to see who the hell he is. Um, he's a yeah. uh, not Filipino, Thailand. I think from Thailand. Thailand cat had a few knockouts. He's been knocking the last guys out, but he's not looking too good. Matisse, is he damaged goods? Maybe, maybe not. But he should be able to win. Go ahead and get his name back out there, and uh, go ahead and get that WBA um, BA belt, and you know BA be another factor in the welterweight game again. And that that wouldn't. When he does win, I expect him to win probably by KO early, uh, third or fourth round. That uh, you know, that'll be just be a belt for somebody else to get a name on their resume. Someone like Earl Spence, uh, maybe to get a name on their resume. I wouldn't fight Danny Garcia. I know somebody. I think that was Simon said he wanted to see him fight Danny Garcia. Danny Garcia is beltless. There's no reason for him to even consider that. Maybe whooping, um, whooping. Matisse yeah, I don't want to see that another, another great name on his resume to let Earl Spence build and build. Uh, also, uh, another guy that was called out last night, Lenores is fighting uh, Gesta. Gesta, I think, is um, he's a little better guy than Carum, but he, I think he's also going to be overmatched, overwhelmed. Uh, Lenores is an excellent, excellent uh, fighter. Excellent fighter. Um, and should be easy work. So just be looking for a showcase weekend. But I also I do think it's pretty cool that we got the IBF welterweight and lightweight championships that were on the line this this week, this weekend, and next week they're giving us the same combination except the WBA is putting on their own little showcase. So I think that's pretty good. Should be all right boxing, uh, uh, but nothing nothing as hype as it was this week as we're watching uh, Matisse beat up a guy from Thailand and Lenares beat up Marcito Gesta. Both KOs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, if I was a trainer and looking up um, my man's uh, highlight reel that you had sent me earlier of Tiwa uh, Kerm, I think it might be pretty easy to put this guy to sleep. Um, judging from what I see, a lot of openings happening. But you're right. Uh, dude's about to eat in the 140 division because Terrence Crawford vacated all those titles moving forward. We, uh, you mentioned two fights for titles, and uh, we still got Jose Ramirez from out here in Central California going for the WBC strap March 17th at Madison Square Garden against Amir Amon. That should be a pretty good fight. Um, and dude's about to get some straps on him in 2018. Um, but, yo, wrapping up this show, gentlemen, it was a great show today. Um, boxing picking up early in 2018. Um, 
looking forward to what happens coming forward in the in the year. Hopefully, we can get some of these uh, big fights that we're looking forward to. Spence knocked down one fight this year, two more to go. We'll see how Terrence Crawford looks coming forward against Jeff Horn. Um, Janelle had posted on the Facebook group that there was a scheduled date, um, but he likes to post a lot of fake news, so I'm not sure if that's actually legit. Um, we'll see how that moves going forward. But um, we did a show early today, folks, because we got some football to watch, and it appears Tom Brady's hand injury is a little bit more serious than what people thought because I thought it was fake news. Patriots trying to pop up some bullshit. But they were showing stitches on my man Tom Brady's thumb. So uh, we'll see how that works out. Uh, Willa, um, anything you want to cover up before we get out of here? And, um, and yeah, anything you want to say, my man? No, just be looking for that boy Case Keenan to do his thing today and for Jalen Ramsey to shut down Gronkowski as they win. And we'll be seeing the Jags versus Minnesota in the lowest-rated Super Bowl of all time. Ooh, bold prediction, bold prediction. Um, as we mentioned, we're, we're both on the same page with the Minnesota Vikings, uh, but history tells me not to bet against Tom Brady, even though I like what Saxonville is doing and how stacked that defense is. Uh but they go as far as Blake Bortles takes them and going head-to-head against maybe the best quarterback of all time in Tom Brady. We'll see how that works out. But I'm excited. That's, the game is coming up right now, and that's why we at the Outsiders Boxing Podcast are getting out of here early, going to enjoy some football. And for everybody listening, joining, thank you so much for calling. JP, much respect. Appreciate it. Seattle Sime. Thank you very much for coming on and, and bringing your uh, your take on the sport of boxing, which always is a unique one. But for myself, D. Willow Wilson, everybody at the Outsiders Boxing Podcast, hope you enjoy your Sunday. Stay safe. I'm about to pour up a little bit more of this NyQuil here and sink into my couch watching some football. So um, the Willow and Whoops show will be back Wednesday at its regularly scheduled program. See if Wilts is back. I'll be there with Willow 100% in covering the craziness in the world. And the Outsiders Boxing Podcast will be back at its regularly scheduled program in time next Sunday at noon Pacific. For D. Willow Wilson, JP, Seattle Sime, myself, we're at Outsiders Boxing Podcast, and we'll be back sooner than later. We out. Mom, I love you. P.O.P. All the time.